So we're continuing this series called Journey, and essentially we are just talking about life with Jesus is a journey. Amen? Amen. 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 And it's messy. It's good at times. It's bad at times. It's hard at times. But it's a journey, and what it means is a journey is we're going somewhere. So we're continuing in that series, and like Wesley said, I'm super excited because I know that the Lord has given me a word, and because he is faithful, that I believe he's going to speak to you tonight. And I just want to share, this is something that I didn't really want to share, but the Lord kept like prompting me to share it. And so for me, yeah, I love it when that happens, don't you? Uh, but for me specifically, I'm on a journey too. Like we said, we all are. And in my journey with Jesus, and I know we've all experienced where we believe something that isn't true. Who's, who's done that before? Okay, there's only a few hands. I think everyone's hands should be raised. Yeah. <laughs> Because the enemy comes in our mind to seek, kill, and destroy, especially when we are pursuing and running after Jesus. And something that the enemy has spoken to my mind, a lie, is the lie that nobody needs to hear what you have to say. And I know, every, with everything in me, in my head, I know that's not true. But yet, in circumstances and situations, that comes up that makes me just not want to speak. Especially with something like this, when I'm speaking in front of multiple people. But I know, and I can say this with full confidence, the truth that God has spoken to me is people need to hear what you have to say. And not because I just have words to say, but because this is true. And if my words reflect this and point back to this, then people need to hear what I have to say. So I just wanted to tell you that because there's power when we declare truth when we're by ourselves, but in front of people to say, this is, this is what the enemy has said, but this is what I know to be true. Um, so we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 4. If you need a Bible, will you raise your hand? <clears throat> we have some leaders that will love to give you a Bible. <clears throat> um, but while you're getting there, I don't know, I have no idea, oh no, Bibles are dropping back there. Um, so John, chapter 4. But while you're getting there, I'm just going to tell you a quick little story. So, we were in Spokane yesterday, driving back home. We went to the Clyde Conference over there, which was awesome. And as we're driving, I was just asking Lori, like, okay, can you just show me something? Like, trying to just tie all this together and, and be able to explain it in some way. And so we're driving, and I was driving for part of the time. And the beginning of our drive was, like, literally thought the windshield wipers were going to, like, fly off. It was just downpour. And then a little bit after that, I was like, okay, it's just drizzling. And then a little after that, it was like, spoke, if you ever not drove, driven from here to Spokane, it's a beautiful drive because it's just so open. So then a little bit after that, like just literally seeing the clouds just move, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's so pretty. And then I, like moments after that, I'd like reach for my sunglasses because I'm like, I cannot see. And the Lord just reminded me in, in this drive that this is a picture of our life. Because I experienced so, the, so many different moments where, like, I couldn't see. There was a happy moment because the sun was shining in awe of the beauty. All these different moments. Some were good. Some were bad. Some were great to look at. Some I didn't like looking at. Whatever it may be, there was different moments. But what didn't change was where I was going. I was going home. That did not change. I kept moving. I kept going. And for us, our home is heaven. Our destination as children of God as children of God, is to, to spend eternity with him. So in our life, as we're journeying, as we're moving towards Jesus to, to be with him, we have moments. 
There's lots of moments that we experience. And so tonight we're going to read a snippet of a, of a woman in the Bible and, and her uh, little bits and pieces of her life and moments that she had, moments she experienced. And we're going to go through some of those moments because I believe in every moment God wants to use us. And in every moment, God is in that moment. Amen? God is in every single moment. So I want us to go through those tonight. But bear with me because I'm going to read through a pretty good chunk of scripture, but it's important. So follow along. We're going to start in verse 7, John chapter 4. It will, be, it will be on the screen. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who is that saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in a spring of water welling into eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to come here for water. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one you have is yeah, called her out. And the one you have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship for what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. The hour is coming and now is here, but when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all these things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with the woman, but no one said, who do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So, when, so the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not, do you not say that you're... <laughs> there are yet four months, then come to the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Thanks for your patience. That was a lot. But it's good because there's so much that we can get out of this. And there's, I was reading this and I'm like, oh my gosh, there is so many things. Like just feeling torn of like, where do I, like, God, you could say this thing or this or like talking to this person or she said this and that could be relatable in this way. And there's just so much in the scripture. But the one thing I could not get rid of was just the truth that God wants to use us. He wants to use us and he wants to use me, wants to use you, and he wants to use us to further his kingdom. I'm going to pray. 
Jesus, thank you that you are a good father. God, I thank you that you long to use us to further your kingdom. God, I thank you that, um, God, that you see us, you know us, and despite our past, despite who we are, despite our sinful nature and our messiness, God, you want to use us. So Lord, I thank you for this moment, and God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would speak just through me, and God, your word would just be, um, would be what reigns in our mind. And God, I, I thank you that there's something you want to speak to each and every one of us tonight. Thank you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, so the first moment, and this is what I just like love, because like right off the bat, we just see this woman doing out like her daily business, just going to get water, which I don't think any of us have ever gone to a well for water. Anyone? Way to go, man. Everybody else just, we all turn the faucet and the water comes running. So, but back in this time, this was obviously like she was just doing her daily chore, going to get water for whatever it was she needed. But in that moment, God was there waiting for her. And I just love that, like, right off the bat, we see this woman who, from what we know before they go into anything else, is, is um, from Samaria. So for this, Jews and Samaritans did not, like, it was like Black Hills and Tumwater, like, probably like not a good I don't know but they just were not like associated like don't <laughs> so for him, for Jesus to even be like sitting and waiting for this Samaritan woman was a big deal because other people would not have anything to do with her or anyone like them and so the first moment I want to talk about and I want you to write down is ordinary moment ordinary moment and this was an ordinary moment for her right I mean, she is, I'm sure she's done this a hundred times, walk to the well and getting water. And, but can I tell you something? That it doesn't have to be here. It doesn't have to be in the middle of a worship set. And it doesn't have to be in the middle of a prayer. It doesn't have to be in the sanctuary on Sundays. It doesn't have to be when you're reading your Bible. Those are not the places that, the only places that God meets you. He meets you everywhere, in every spot that you are in, and even in the ordinary moments. He meets you right where you're at when you're in your car, when you're driving to that job that you hate, but you're doing it because you have to have gas money to go the places you want to go and buy the fast food you want to buy. He's there in those moments. When you're, when you're with, your, with your coworkers, when you're in the middle of a fight with your parents, he's in those moments that don't seem extraordinary, but it's in the ordinary moments where God is still there and he wants to meet you. And more than that, he desires something from you. And Jesus is not looking for the perfect person. This Samaritan woman was the opposite of, per I mean, we're not perfect either. But in this, this story, in this context, she was like so not who he would have been looking for in other people's eyes. But he's not looking for the one who has, ha has read their the whole Bible, memorized it. He's not looking for the person who's the most holy, the most wise, the most um, full of, like, knowledge, and the one who just, like, is here all the time and serves the most. He's not looking for the perfect person. He's looking for you. Lauren, he's looking for you. Anna, he's looking for you. He's looking for me. He's looking for us because he wants to use us. 
God is a God who will use anything and anyone. Do you want to be used by him? And it was really funny because yesterday also on our drive from Spokane, which many of you know is like there's like nothing most of the way. And I think I have like bladder of a seven-year-old because I have to go pee a lot, especially when I drink water. And so we just stopped for a bathroom break. And I'm going to this bathroom in this gas station literally in the middle of nowhere from what it feels like. Go in, and all of a sudden, the song Holy Spirit starts playing in this gas station. <laughs> Serious, not a joke. And I'm like, and it's just like, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place. And I'm like, but it was such a reminder to me because it's like, in the bathroom in a random gas station. Like, God wanted to remind me of that. Like, I'm here. Like, okay, Lord, like, flood my mind, whatever it is you want to do. Because God is in the ordinary moments, in a stinking bathroom in the middle of nowhere. And I don't know, I don't even know. Maybe the people were Christians. Maybe they just picked a random radio station. But whatever it was, it was a reminder to me that God's in every moment that we're in. And the next moment, in verse 11 and 12, we read, The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And the next moment I want you to write down is questioning moment. Because this woman had a questioning moment where God's like, Okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. You can have living water. And she's like, Okay, you don't even have anything to get the water, and this well is so deep, and our father Jacob did this, and this is what he's done. And so she's in this moment of like, okay, well, she's questioning. And how many of us have questioned? Totally questioned. And she's just asking this question of something that seems impossible, doesn't seem like it's going to happen. How are you going to do this? And this is how I've always seen it done with my eyes. And it's just those moments where we don't see or believe how God is going to do what he said he was going to do. And some of you, I think, are really in that place where you're asking a lot of questions. Like, why is this happening? Or why have I experienced all this hurt? Or why did this person leave me again? Or why am I failing in this way? Or why, 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 why? And can I tell you something? A truth? God's not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of your questions. So keep asking them. But I love that we just see this picture where it's just such a real moment that God said something. God said something to this woman, and yet her response was, how are you going to do that? This is the way that I've always seen it done. And how often do we, in moments of wherever it may be, a family relationship or friendship, or, or some, God has promised, I'm going to heal that person. And you're like, yeah, but it hasn't happened yet. Such a real moment. And the next moment I want us to look at is uh, verse 17 through 21, or 16 through 21. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. That's when he calls her out. And the one, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where you ought to worship. And the next moment I want you to write down is confronting moment. 
confronting moment. And we read that, and we all kind of, like, laugh because we're like, oh, shoot, Jesus, like, you just called her out. <laughs> but, and, like, okay, why did he do that? It's kind of, like, an embarrassing moment. But because the issue of her sin, the issue of our sin in our life must be confronted. We cannot move on in life if we're following Jesus and we want to be more like him and do things for his kingdom. We cannot stuff our sins because they will be confronted. Jesus will confront the sins in our life. And we all have sins. I have sins. Every single one of us. It's not even a question. We all have our sin. But I think there's some of us too specifically that have just stuffed and stuffed and stuffed all these things inside of us. And one of these days, you're, Jesus or someone through the work of the Holy Spirit is going to confront you and that it's all going to come forward because the sin in our life has to be confronted. And this woman had to decide what she loved more, the sin or her Savior. And like I said, the sin in our life will come to surface. So, so what are we doing with that? Are we bringing it before the Lord? And the last moment I want to look at is verse 27 through 29. It says, just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all I ever did. Can this be the Christ? In verse 28, so the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, and in some other translation, it says she went away and ran into the town. And what I love about this moment is that it, it reminds me and it reminds us that following Jesus, living a life where we want to participate in what he's doing, it requires something of us. We don't, unfortunately, we don't just get to do whatever the heck we want. And, yeah, I come here on Sundays, I love Jesus, but I'm going to party every weekend, I'm going to do all these things. Obviously, we're all on a journey, so that's okay, but we don't just get to live however the heck we want, because following Jesus requires something of us, and it requires us to live differently. And so this moment that we read, a, a surrendering moment, a surrendering moment, and this woman, in, her, in the beginning of her day, came with this water jar to go get water. But after her, her encounter, her moment with Jesus, what she came for didn't even matter anymore. Because it says the woman left her water jar and ran into town and said to the people, in one moment with Jesus, what she initially came for was no longer a priority, but she ran. And... There's some of us tonight that I believe have come in with things that you haven't even realized are like a thing that you're holding on to. So what is that? What is that thing for you? And I'm going to go ahead and invite the band up. Um, verse 34 and 36 says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. 
Jesus used this idea of food and harvest to communicate the idea that, that there are many people ready to be received into the kingdom of God. There are people ready and waiting to, to experience what you've experienced in your relationship with Jesus. There are people ready to be changed by the Holy Spirit and to be changed by who he is. And, and, the, and that we should see ourselves as workers, as reapers in that process, because that's who we are as disciples. We're to participate. And, and then the last, the last part is just so profound because it says, do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? And in this time, they, they had a system. It was like we plant the stuff, then we wait for it to grow, and it's all in this process and this calendar of like this is a scheduled time of harvest. But yet, so they're saying this is not the right time. But yet God says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. He's saying, look up. Because the time is now. Stop hesitating. Stop waiting for the right time. Stop making excuses because the time is now to be participators in what I'm doing. Because, get this part. If you've checked out the whole time, hear this right now. Because this woman who was caught in sin, just like us, imperfect, also like us, seen as someone who you wouldn't even associate yourself with. Some of you feel that way. I have felt that way before, but someone here specifically feels like, why am I even worthy for Jesus to even love me? Because of all of this and this and this. But, but we can all relate to this woman because she's a, a reflection of our mess, our sin, and our brokenness. But through her and her moments with Jesus, we read this. Many, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Remember, she left and she ran. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is indeed the savior of the world. And this woman had many moments. And these moments led to the, the town of the Samaritans to be moved and changed by Jesus. So I want to ask you tonight, what moment are you in? Are you in what feels like an ordinary moment where it's like, my life sucks right now. I do the same thing every single day. I wake up, I go to school, I go to work, I do homework. Somewhere in there, I maybe hang out with friends. I try to play sports, but I don't have time. In those ordinary moments that you may feel, God wants you to know that he's in those just like he's in that random bathroom in the middle of nowhere. He's in those moments. And so for you tonight, if that's you in, in that place, I believe the Lord may be calling you to respond and respond in the way that that, that may mean you just sit in your chair. 
because you need to recognize that in just my sitting and doing nothing, that God can still speak to me and still reveal something to me, even when I'm not, I'm not raising my hands, I'm not kneeling. But in this mundane moment, God can speak to you. And can I tell you something? I want to be a person, I want us to be a group of people that are being used by God in the ordinary moments. And each of you are in schools and have the ability with the Holy Spirit inside of you to do miraculous things. So in those ordinary moments when you're sitting at the lunch table, eating whatever it is you're eating, God, you're here. What do you want me to do? And some of you tonight, I believe, are in a questioning moment, the moment of questioning. And in either you followed Jesus your whole life, but yet all these things keep happening and you're like, I, I don't understand. That family member died. I know someone else who just passed away. Someone else is sick. God, why is all these things happening? Or for maybe somebody else who's, who you haven't even given your life to Jesus yet because you have so many questions. Well, I'm not even quite there yet because I don't know how God people say God's good, but people die all the time? Or, or how do people say that God's a good father, but yet my father abandoned me? Or, or how do people sing and, and say all these things that like he loves me when people around me don't even love me? And you're, you haven't even met with Jesus yet because you're, you're just questioning and questioning and questioning. And may I tell you again, God is not afraid of your questions. So for that person tonight, I believe God is calling you to get down on your knees and ask him all the stinking questions you have. Ask them all because he's not afraid of those questions, but it's in those questions that God is in that moment. And I believe that the Father would be pleased with you on your hands and on your knees asking him these questions because he's with you in that moment. And maybe for some of you, one of you, or maybe none of you, but I believe some of us are in a moment of confronting, the confronting moment. And you have come in here time and time again and you go about your day and you are just trapped in sin. You're just trapped in this thing. I want it gone, but I just can't get rid of it. Whatever it is, an addiction or a relationship or even just the way that you think, the way that you talk, whatever it is that's just consuming who you are. There's just that thing. The thing is still there. But just as Jesus confronted the Samaritan's woman's sin, he wants to confront yours tonight. Not to shame you, not to embarrass you, not to shove you around, but to call you up. He wants to confront your sin tonight because his hand is out saying, come here. I see you, I've known you the whole time. I know all that stuff you're doing, the way you're thinking, the way that you're acting with that person. I know all of that. I've known you before you even knew me. But his hand is extended to say, come here. I have something better for you. So come with me, I'm in this moment. And for you, I believe that might be tonight that you need to tell someone. You need to tell a leader or tell a friend or however that looks for you that this is, 
this is what I'm just stuck with, but I wanna be free and I wanna grab his hand in this moment. And lastly, some of you are in a moment of surrendering, a surrendering moment. And, and like the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman who, what she initially came for was water. So she grabbed her water jar and went to the well. And I believe some, some of you guys in here have grabbed onto something that you haven't even realized you've held on to. Maybe it's resentment, bitterness, anger, depression, anxiety. And I want to recognize that depression and anxiety, those are real things. But the moment that you become, I'm so-and-so and I have depression, that is not how God has called you to live. So don't for a second hold on to that thing and, and cling to it because it's just been a part of you for so long. No, God is calling you to surrender something tonight, whether it's that bitterness or anger or, or giving your, your depression to just putting it at his feet. Whatever that is, God is not calling you to keep holding on to that thing. And I pray that in this moment God would reveal to you what that thing is because you've been holding on to it for so long you haven't even realized it's with you. But tonight... I believe that you are going to have a moment with Jesus that you're going to just leave that here and run. So wherever you are, whatever moment you're in, there's great news because Jesus is there. Do you hear me? Jesus is there. I just feel like some of you, I don't know who, but you're just kind of like letting this go just right past you because you so relate to so many of these moments that it's just like, I don't even, I don't even know what to do. Can I tell you, Jesus is still there. And this can be a moment, another moment in this journey that changes you, that shifts your perspective, that, that shifts where you're going and where you're walking. This can be a moment, but do you want God to use you? Do you want to meet him? And there's a story in the Bible, a moment in the Bible, and God uses a donkey to, to show truth to someone. Literally, this is true in the Bible. And if God can use a donkey, he can sure use me and he can sure use you, right? Yeah. If he can use an animal to, to bring truth to someone, he can use us. He longs to use us. So I want to invite you to stand. Go ahead. Stand up. And I want to invite you, not going to force you, but I want to invite you to come to the altar. And if you feel like you're in one of those moments, you're in an ordinary moment, you're, you're questioning or you feel like you're in a moment where you need to surrender or God is confronting something in your life, then, then respond in whatever way you need to. But, but let's stand and as the Samaritan woman responded to her encounter with Jesus, may we run towards Jesus. Because I don't 
I don't want us to miss this moment. And I just, so I just feel so strongly. There's some of you in here who are just like checked out. And that's fine. You don't need to listen. It's okay. But can I tell you, why are you here? What are you doing here if you don't want to have an encounter with Jesus? Why do you keep showing up? So for some of you tonight, you just keep coming, but your, your ears are closed. You're, you're not even taking anything in. But can I tell you, God wants you. So if you keep coming here, why are you coming if you don't want to have an encounter with him? Because God wants to have an encounter with you. So stop being stubborn and stop crossing your arms and come forward and say, it's, it's not going to look perfect. It's going to be messy. But just know that God wants to use you. And more than that, he will because he is faithful. And it's not going to be immediate. It's not going to be like tomorrow you wake up and everything is just like so new and, and amazing. But I promise you, if you keep pressing into Jesus in those moments and realize that he's in every single moment, he will show up time and time and time and time again. So let's respond in whatever way you feel led. But Jesus, I thank you. God, I thank you that you're here. God, I don't have to, to, to beg you to be here. You're here because you long to meet with us. So Jesus, I pray, God, for those things, those moments we feel, God, would we respond to that? Because you don't want us to stay in those moments. God, you've called us to greater things. So God, may we move. May we lift our hands. May we kneel. May we respond to what you're saying. God, because I don't want to be stuck in the moments, but God, I want to move and run towards you knowing it doesn't all make sense all the time and it's messy, but God, may we be messy people running after you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Amen. Before the world began, it wasn't spoken yet. You were still God, and you are still God. After your final breath, it wasn't over yet. You were still God, and you are still God. Before the world began, it wasn't spoken yet. You were still God.
that God would leave the 99 for the one. And I just, I feel so strongly that there's one person, I don't know who you are, but you are just resisting, resisting. And just know that there is no shame, there is no condemnation in stepping out. I'm not saying this so, so we can, I can embarrass you or be like, I knew it was you, but because I believe that God is calling you forward. And there is something that happens when we move. There is something that happens when I know God is doing something in me. I know he's saying something to me, but I don't know. Maybe it's not. I, I believe that he is speaking something to you. So I just encourage you. And we're gonna just take another moment. If that is you, would you just be bold? This is a moment of courage and God wants to meet you in this moment. So everybody's in their own, eyes closed and just, they're in their own moment. But I pray that you would have a moment in these next few minutes. And I, there is something supernatural that happens when we physically step out of what, of what we've known or what we're comfortable in. And God wants to do that. So we're just, we're gonna spend a few more minutes but I, I just couldn't move forward without saying that. 
God, I thank you for what you're doing right now. God, I thank you for the moment that you've brought us to in your presence. God, I thank you no matter where anybody's at, whether an ordinary moment, a questioning moment, a confronting of sin moment, a surrender moment, God, you meet them where they're at. God is meeting you where you are at. And so, God, I pray that we would we would walk out of here different people. God, I pray that we would have our eyes fixed on you. You're both the author and the perfecter of our faith. So, God, you are perfecting us on this journey that we are walking with you. So, God, I pray that we would keep walking. I pray that we would just keep walking, no matter what comes, no matter what we face, no matter how we feel. God, I pray that we would just keep walking, knowing that no matter what happens, the destination ain't changing. So, God, we're thankful for what you've done, what you've spoken. God, we stamp it, and we don't forget it. When we walk out these doors, when we go to school, may we not forget what you spoke to us, what you did in us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, that was a good word, and I am encouraged, I'm challenged. I know you are too. So we love you. Thanks for coming tonight.